Welcome to Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe podcast. Relationship Bite is a platform for everything relationship. Mother-child relationship, father-daughter, siblings, sister-in-laws, parents-in-laws, everything you need to know about relationship. It is said that one of the most important needs of human is belonging. It simply means that relationship is as important as being human. I will be taking you on a journey of everything relationship. Join me, Wendy Ologi, every fortnight as we extract the intricacies of different forms of relationship. The positives, the negatives, the wins, the losses, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between. And most importantly, the lessons we will learn from them. Relationship Bite with Wendy Ologi is your plug for real-life experiences on diverse relationships and how we can maximize these relationships for the best. As a parent, do you resort to hitting your child at the slightest error? Is this frustrating you? Do you recognize that you are responsible to your children and not just for them? Do you get so angry that you see yourself overreacting? If you have answered these questions in the affirmative, then our upcoming Master Your Emotions Challenge is for you. This challenge will show you in practical terms how you can work on your emotions and use them positively in your journey as a parent. To join the Master Your Emotions Challenge, send a WhatsApp message to 0812-968-7040. You can also join online at www.sela.co slash MYE in capital letters, challenge in small letters. MYE in capital letters, challenge in small letters. Or send a chat to 0812-968-7040. Happy listening. Okay, so you are welcome to Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe. And today we have someone really, 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 really very important, dear to me. You would love my guest today. You don't want to miss listening to this. And the Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe talks about different things about relationship, name it, mother-child relationship, father-mother, marriage, um, friends, any kind of relationship we'll talk about it here. You want to catch up all the other episodes and listen to the relationship bites with Wendy Ologi. And while you are there, we have this amazing, amazing guest at the podcast today. So let's meet our guests. All right. So hello, let's meet you, sir. Hello. <laughs> All righty. So uh, we have the amazing Uncle Ben in the studio. I don't know if you know Uncle Ben, but I'm going to allow Uncle Ben introduce himself and tell us a bit about him. Uncle Ben, so let's meet you. Uh, hello, everybody. Yes, um, this is Uncle Ben, and um, I'm a, a behavioral change expert, a psycho- psychotherapist, and a life coach, and I practically help people make mental shifts that create permanent life changes in all aspects of life and um, focusing entirely mainly on everything emotional issues childhood trauma inner child work think about it so yeah my work is really all about let's live this life and make this life better because we all deserve to amazing here today amazing uncle ben and you know you said oh behavioral change expert i'm sure many people who are listening behavioral change therapist um um um, psychotherapist i'm sure a lot of people are thinking what is it really all about can you just tell us a bit about what you do okay so um let me just describe a typical work day a typical work day is someone usually someone who is in a good place in life has things going on for them properly. So maybe a very top company executive or someone who has a good career contacts me, reaches out to me because there's something they're dealing with in their life, some emotional problem of some sort. 
either it can range from oh insomnia to anxiety to uh, anger issues to uh, relationship issues whatsoever and then when they come to me what i do is help them navigate the terrain of their unconscious mind the subconscious where things really do happen and we go in there reprogram things so that they can have a better experience outward because many times people think that they've got it together because oh, I've got a good house, I've got a good job, married, mm. I've got a good car. Yet you can't drive from point A to point B peacefully without losing your peace of mind because of road rage. Uh, mm. You're staring at the kids all the time. Your partner or your wife is afraid of you. People you work with don't really like you. You don't even like yourself. Many people are walking around hating themselves, even mm. the desire to achieve more is driven by that um, a level of uh, low self-esteem, mm. uh, things like that. So, so my job is helping people rediscover themselves and really start to live this life in your own terms. Amazing, amazing. You know, you said something about um, the things that is inside. And uh, I would like to, you know, um, have you talk about the role of these things you talk about, the emotions, all of these things you talk about that is inside in parenting. You know that um, I, I, I am um, I'm, I'm the lead coach at the Intentional Parent Academy. And one of the things that I'm focused on is how to find what has happened to us as children that is now affecting us as parents, not just ordinary adults, because I know that parenting brings out, in fact, there are some things that parenting brings out to you and you're wondering, Wahoo, how did I get here? So what is the role of emotions, all of these things that you've just spoken about? What are the roles in our, in, on our lives as parents, not just as adults? Okay, let me speak about it as individuals first. Okay. So about emotions, what, what do we mean by emotions? By emotions, we don't just mean, mean a state of mind. Break the word apart, you have emotion, energy in motion. That's okay. what emotion is. So emotion in itself is neither good nor bad. It's just um, a pointer in the direction of where something else is going on. And I typically will say to people that we start with thoughts. Thoughts. And when we say thoughts, we're talking about belief system, mindset, viewpoint, storyline. They're all thoughts, right? Mm. So those thoughts will create feelings, which are chemicals in the body, and those uh, feelings will lead to actions, and that action can inform your life experience. So that mm. thing that happens between feeling and action together is emotion. So your emotion uh, arises from the program, the thoughts mm. that are before, before those. So um, someone who is in an environment where you constantly hear some things like, we can't afford this, there's no money. We can't afford this, there's no money. Mm. A program is created because that becomes a belief, a mindset, which then creates a program uh, that says of a lack mentality of some sort, right? Mm. And the effect of that then means that on the long run, this person is going to have a money block, end of story. Mm. And that money block means that even if they are very successful, they are not going to acknowledge that success. They still will feel that there's a need to feel deprived somehow for that program to be complete. Mm. So, uh, or in an environment where mommy and daddy always yell at each other and mommy will call daddy names and daddy will call mommy names and daddy will walk away uh, mm. and slam the door and drive off and so on. That will create a belief because the thought in the child's mind in that environment is the thought of they are fighting or mm. You have to yell, you have to scream to be heard. Or when there's pressure, run away. Mm. And all these things, are, all these programs start to run. They become a set of beliefs that start together. What would they create in the body? They will create feelings of anxiety, feelings of aggression, feelings of uh, fight or flight and, and things like that, insecurity. Mm. What else are they going to lead to? They're going to lead to actions similar to that, actions of before you hurt me, let me hurt you. So everything yeah. sounds like an attack and the person is yelling back. The person goes through aggression and everything. So the emotion right there would be one that is not really serving the person, creating an experience that is not comfortable for both the parents, mm. the, the person and the people around the person. So this child grows into an adult who has 
because let's go back to the thought bits, right? The, the belief bits, the, the root of everything, the program. Mm-hmm. Once that these things are created, you go through life looking for, unconsciously looking for evidence to support that belief. Oh, wow. And so the person is going through their entire life looking for things that will prove that the only way you get hurt is by screaming. Or mm. the only way you solve a problem is through aggression. Or uh, the only way you, you succeed financially is to be not spend money at all because you lose it and so on, whatever the program mm. can. Mm. On the other hand, a child that is raised to, to, to be told things like, um, you can do it, but you know you can do it. Uh, for example, we'll grow into an, an adult that wants to do it, you know, doesn't feel there's anything they can't do. Yeah. And so, so whatever a child's weaknesses in their environment will, contrib- will become the programs that will run. Think about a computer. You type something and you see the letter, you click print and it comes out on paper. Those are the outcomes of a set of programs, many lines of code. And yeah. as the computer user, you don't need to know what those codes are saying to operate the computer. You, you, you just get the outcome of what the code is saying. Now, when there's yeah. an error in the code, it won't produce the outcome you want. So yeah. all these beliefs and patterns that are stacked up, when a child wasn't even aware, didn't have a choice to say, I want this or I don't want that. When yeah. a child, if, if mommy is saying this or if daddy is saying this or displaying this, it's got to be okay. Those programs will inadvertently run all through the lifetime. And mm. problems like self-sabotage, like um, too much competition or low self-esteem or um, aggressive behavior or um, uh, if fact, any obsession, possessiveness, whatever all those things are, fear of commitment, fear of failure, mm. whatever. These things are the outputs of different mm. programs. So mm. as a therapist and coach, when people come to me, whatever they describe as their problem, in my view, is just a symptom of something else. We need to go and find out what the thing is. What is wrong? 99.99% of the time, the problem is always rooted in stuff that happened in childhood between the ages of five and 11. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is a whole lot to assimilate at a time. And you know, while you were talking, I was wondering, so it's, it's very important that one must master their emotions and understand how to work around it. What, what would be your advice for a parent who lacks their capacity, who lacks the capacity to put, put their emotions in control? What, what, would you, what would you like to tell that kind of parent? The first thing I would say to the parent is, it's not your fault. So mm. stop taking responsibility for what you didn't create which means start to question everything. Why do I believe what I believe? Why do I think this is right? How did I learn this? Oh, um, maybe you say to your child, you need to go and brush your teeth. I won't say it again. Before I count three, you need to go and brush your teeth. Ask yourself, why before I count three? What, mm. what, what, what am I feeling at the moment? If you start to focus a bit of awareness on that feeling inside the body, uh, it, because before, think about it, before you launch out at somebody, you feel that slight tightening in the tummy or increased heart rate or something mm. Mm. will happen. So when mm. you say to that parent, pay more attention to what's going on inside of you at each moment. Mm. When you say, oh, I want to discipline this child and there's that discipline, that emphasis means there's something else going on. Ask yourself why, what's important about this? Where is this coming from? How did I come to believe this? Mm. Okay. Um, a, a question that I also ask people to ask to help themselves uh, shift that mindset in any situation is, okay, this child has done something and I'm upset about it, or I've done something as a parent and I'm not happy about it and so on. Ask yourself the question, for me to feel the way I'm feeling now, what must I be believing about mm. myself or about this situation or about this person? And when you ask that question, it takes you right back to what we we talk about thoughts, you know, the belief system. Thoughts. So if that, if, if um, uh, let's say hypothetically, uh, the the child sm- smashes the television, and damages it, and then you're so upset, you want to beat this child black and blue, and then you ask why? What am I believing here? Am I mm. believing the child is at fault? Well, if I believe the child is at fault, then that's why I feel like punishing the child. But mm. if I believe that this is an accident, a child is being a child, mm. and 
um, I could have protected this TV better. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not thinking about punishing the child. I'm thinking of something else. If, if, I'm, if I believe that, okay, whatever happened, this is a learning opportunity, not mm. a pain moment. Then I'll be more interested in making sure my child learns what not to do next time and what to do instead. What to do. So to any parent, to manage your emotions, you first of all need to be aware of them. You first mm. of all need to start to recognize them. Start to pay attention to the voice in your head. Pay attention to how you are rationalizing things and ask yourself why. Where is this coming from? And mm. what will happen if I don't see it this way and I see it in a different way? In fact, when I'm saying what will happen, simply say, what else is going on? How else can I see this? I would say to people, there's no up without a down, right? Half mm. no mm. empty, the same cup is half full at the same time. So if I'm thinking, if I'm holding a, a, a viewpoint of something as it is this, it means that in that moment, the opposite of that also holds true. Mm. And the opposite of that also holds true, other points exist. Life is not just black and white. There yeah. are many of gray in between. So mm. the story you tell yourself about the situation will create the experience you will have about it. Because mm. as I said, the story you tell yourself will be thoughts which will lead to feelings, which will lead to actions and an experience. So any parent that wants to get a hold and hang on their emotions starts to question the beliefs that are driving your actions. That's mm. When I did this, what was I hoping to achieve? Why? Or if I do this, what am I really hoping to achieve and why? Mm. And what if I do it differently? What mm. if you're going to have to become comfortable to dialogue with yourself. Wow. proud of yourself for doing so. The journey of parenting is about learning, unlearning, and relearning. You mm-hmm. cannot be a good parent without being a better person, I often mm-hmm. say. And this is because you must, that dialogue you, you, have with, you want to have with your kids, have it with yourself first. Realize that the kids are just a product of what is going on inside you, mm-hmm. which is outwardly in your behavior, in your words, and in your unspoken actions. And kids are like a mirror. So whatever mm. you're on your kids, the direct mirror image mm. Mm. in that context. Amazing, amazing. Too much, too, too much to, to take in. You know, guys, I told you that we have the amazing Uncle Ben in the house. And, um, you know, sitting with Uncle Ben for a few minutes is like a master class already. <laughs> and, you know, um, we're also going to be um, having Uncle Ben at the manage your emotions masterclass that is starting on the 1st of October to 5th. So imagine what is going to happen at that masterclass already. You know, he's talking, I'm like, "Mm, oh, wow, okay. So imagine what, you know, is going to happen when we have him at that masterclass. You want to be part of that masterclass. I'm sure um, you will hear details about this masterclass um, before we leave um, this conversation. But Uncle Ben, you know, so I've uh, I've been in the US for a while now and um, you live in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, many times I hear people say things like, oh, it only happens in Africa. No, 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 this is not applicable anywhere else. And be that I've been privileged to travel a lot, I've seen the same pattern of parental error. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I know I'm asking, are there things that are more prevalent in Africa really? It's bad parenting because once you say ineffective parenting, Africans feel attacked. Mm. Is there really a thing about ineffective parenting in Africa? Is there a link? What what have you observed in your line of work? Uh, The main thing I've observed is the impact of poverty and religion. Oh, wow. And um, poverty and religion uh, are the things that create that sort of thing. Because I work with people that are from different parts of the world. I have seen a pattern. Parenting error is either is mainly due to emotional neglect of some sort or mm. a trauma. And emotional neglect mm. will create trauma anyway. And mm-hmm. this is the summary of it. So whether we talk about physical abuse, verbal abuse, mm. uh, mental, nerves, mental, anything, it comes down to these things because you can't give what you don't have. Yes. And whether as a parent you're African or you're not, if you didn't get love, you cannot give love. Mm-hmm. You can think it's love, but it won't be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? In Africa, because of poverty, 
a lot of people are in a survival mindset. And when you're mm. in a survival mindset, the part of the brain that deals with that, which is called the reptile brain, which is the same part we share with animals. Yeah. You see someone who is stressed or angry, they behave like an animal. Or if yes. you that a toddler stage, they behave like an animal. Because that mm. part of the brain is well-developed in everybody at birth. But the thinking brain is not. It develops through time, which is yes. the reason why a child is smaller than that of an adult. So mm. when people are in a survival, that part of the brain is all about survival. Mm. That's its job. It regulates things like your heart rate, your blood pressure, breathing, body temperature, circulation, excretion, all those things that happen without your conscious awareness mm. to keep you alive. That's what it does. And uh, I'm sure listeners might have heard the, uh, a phrase like fight or flight. Yeah. So it's fight or flight or freeze, which is uh, what we call stress response. So that, mm. that's the way the brain responds to a perception of an attack. And it's a survival response. So when mm. people are in survival mode, they are going to respond to things in one of three ways. Either inactivity, which is a freeze response, mm. or fight, which is aggression, or mm. avoidance. And this is what we see a lot in Africa because most Africans are in a survival mindset. Mm. As a result, mm. everything is approached either with a sense of fight Mm. or avoidance mm. or activity. things are going wrong everybody chills and just laughs about it mm. and then the impact of religion also Africans being very religious people and take things literal unfortunately means that things are misinterpreted you would have mm. heard people quote things like spare the rod and spoil the child which is not even in the bible mm. the line from a 17th century poem um, mm. But yeah, uh, in the Bible, you find things about the, the rod uh, or things about children. And I'm not even going to go into the context of the writing. Uh, mm. for us. However, Africans, well, not just Africans, generally humans, as I said earlier, we look for evidence to support a belief system. Mm. Right? Mm. And that's because whatever you believe becomes a survival um, roadmap. If people go against your belief, you feel threatened because that's mm. your body. So people that uh, are very religious and believe in a certain thing based on what religion is saying, and mm. remember, to most Africans, religion, it was God. Mm. They, wouldn't even, they, they, they don't even want to look at anything with the brain that God has given them. Mm. And then, uh, as a result of that, what are they going to do? Well, you serve God with fear and trembling. We come back to the concept of fear, which the brain interprets as an attack, which means you mm. go to a fight or flight in three modes. Okay, so when you bring religion and, and uh, poverty together, and then wow. layer it with some bit of cultural and traditional um, idiosyncrasies, then what mm. are you going to get? Because culturally, what do we have? We, for example, in Africa, we, we are ageist. Well, let me know the word ageist. We have respect for age, which means, okay. uh, which means if I'm older than you, I'm right, full stop. It doesn't matter, which true. is not true. <laughs> yeah. So when you bring things like that together, you have a very catastrophic um, pot of soup, really. Mm -hmm. And, and that's that thing you see with respect to Africa. Not that African uh, parents have a different sort of problems to mm. parents in other places. No. I've coached people who are Western, who are, you know, uh, not Afro white people who yeah. have the same problem. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the other day myself, I told a parent off because the child of that woman wanted something. And the sort of things the woman said to that child, I said to her, that's only a child, you know. And what this child really wants is your attention. That's an unkind thing to say. And the woman was shocked as she looked at me and I said, I know you, th you think it's not my business. And I apologize for that. However, look at your child's face. Do you feel mm. that when you were this child's age, I'm sure you wanted people to recognize your pain. And she stopped, you know, that made her look- You bad. know, you know, you know, as you were saying this Uncle Ben, you know, it's, um... That um, I had an opportunity to sit in a in a global panel where we had parents from the U.S., from England, from all over the world, from Pakistan. I realized that parenting issues are just the same, you know. But 
it, it, it's, we have peculiarities in this part of the world because of religion, because of a belief system, because of a, a whole lot of other things. It's not, it's not as if um, there's something that's different really. You know, um, I like the way that you've been able to actually put, you know, words to that. And, you know, we talk about childhood trauma a lot and we've been talking about healing from childhood trauma. I know that you've been in the academy severally talking about healing from childhood trauma in the academy. We we push it because we've, we've, we've come to a realization that if you don't heal, then that there's going to be a whole lot. Can mm. you tell us how common is childhood trauma really? I know that this is an area of expertise for you and um, it's something that you work on almost on a daily basis. Can you say how often, how you know, common is it? How common is it in Africa, in Nigeria to be precise? Because I also know that you work with other people who are not Nigerians as well. Yeah. But I want the peculiarity of you know, what we have down here and then you can now um, make a mix of what it is that you also have yeah. you know, right here. So an African sense or Nigerian sense, you can almost say that every child 100% is traumatized in a way. Hmm. And this is not, is not bad news the way it sounds. Okay. Uh, this. And what, when we talk about trauma, really, what we are talking about is an incident that shocks the mind because there's no rational explanation of it. And hmm. the snapshot of that is taken because all the brain wants to do is to protect you and keep you alive. So a snapshot of that will be taken and then it will become one of the filters through which you navigate life. And everything is passed through those filters, unconsciously, okay? Wow. Let me sound slightly geeky here. Okay. We, every day, every, right now, every second, right? We get bombarded with about 8 million bytes of information. Hmm but we consciously process only two and a half thousand. Okay. So to get the, the scale, eight million as opposed to two and a half thousand, which means there's so much that is lost in transmission. And then, and every time, every second, about 100,000 chemical reactions are going on in your body. Hmm. I'm not aware of that. Every second, about 10,000 cells die, 10,000 cells are created. You're not mm -hmm. aware of that. So, so much is going on in this engine and it's coordinated by the brain, and the whole aim is to keep you alive. Mm. When something happens that threatens you without an explanation, and there's not a point where you, you go back to the brain and say, okay, it's fine now. The brain keeps that as a filter to measure how safe mm. you are alive or not. Mm. It could be as simple as, let me give you the, the history, the origin of this. A child is born, and when a child is born and comes out, a child has only very few needs. I want to feel safe. I want to be fed. Mm. And um, uh, maybe I want some attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's all, it's all mainly about safety. Mm -hmm. Now, this child is born for the first few months of their life. They don't have to think about anything they need. Mm. When I cry, I get my things started. I can poo anywhere, I can wee anywhere, I can vomit anywhere. I don't have to think about anything about me. I don't mm -hmm. even care what I look like. But mm -hmm. everyone everyone, everyone is looking after me and so on. Um, and this carries on, I get to a year old and it's still happening. And then suddenly, when I'm beginning to understand words and stuff, and I'm, the people I very much want to be like, I suddenly realize that I'm not enough for them. I have mm. to be in a certain way for me to get loved. Mm. So once upon a time I was enough, everything was fine. There was not, there was not a problem with me. Mm. But suddenly I'm not. I drop that thing, or I, I spill my drink, and I get told up. And all in my mind, what happened is that the floor wanted a bit of drink, and I shared with it. Mm. But I get told up or something, right? So because at this day, when a child becomes a baby becomes a toddler, life has started, right? So yes. some conditions start to come in. You can't allow the child to play with a knife, for instance. There are some things that can happen. But that's mm -hmm. not how the child's brain is working because they don't have this front part of the brain fully developed that works logic. They don't have logic. They don't understand why mm. they're, they're hearing no. And oh. so that's to mean rejection. Mm. And then the child starts to realize that I have to behave in a certain way to get approval. Mm. And at that time, it doesn't... There's nothing going on other than let me see how I can behave in that way to get the approval. 
This is how mm. the fucking muffness starts to be created. And mm. then continues school, everything, more and more rules and things to abide by. And yeah. yet, explain to the child that you are enough. All that's happening is you're going through life. Mm. And that's mm. about health and consequences, not about whether we love you or not. Or not. The child very early starts to experience conditional love rather than unconditional love. Love. Without any explanation. Now, the trauma happens when something happens on top of this and there's no explanation. Let's say uh, this child is two and a half years old or three years old and daddy slapped mommy so hard that mommy passed out. And mm. the, the child is watching what's going on, knows that there was a, a, a smacking and then mommy was carried out, mommy never returned. Mm. A little while later, they, you know, they become aware that mommy died in the process, for example. Mm. The snapshot they, the, that the brain would take is a snapshot of that fear at that moment of what happened that caused them to freeze up. Huh. And then through that, that would then be included there and every other experience in their life has to be filtered through when, when anyone is in, the, in their face or when they see a man who is upset, they'll be driven to that place. They'll freeze up. They won't have any response. So mm. that's what a person as an adult is likely to be going into bad relationships where they're abused and they can't do anything about it because once it happens, they freeze up. That's a trauma. And mm. now, about our African, our Nigerian context. Mm -hmm. As I said before, you can't give what you don't have. So mm. damaged parents are raising kids. They're only going to damage the kids. I, told, I talked about how aggression and yelling and things like that are part of the culture. So mm. from one, the child starts getting exposed to that. Now, we are only born with two phobias, two fears. Yes. Every other one is learned. And it's learned. Fear of being dropped. Dropped, the fear of falling. Fear of, so the, yeah, fear of not falling, that's being dropped, right? Yeah. And fear of sudden loud noise. Loud noise, yes. Okay, which means even when we're close together and we're laughing and I come in front of your face all the time, you will just jump before you think yeah. about it. So fear of sudden loud noise and fear of um, falling. Now, what is yelling? It's a sudden loud noise. Mm. And so that sudden loud noise will always trigger a survival response. Mm. And a survival response, as I've established, is either fighting, aggression, avoiding, running. Clean, yeah. Freezing. Mm -hmm. Look at Nigeria. Look at how many times people are able to take responsibility. Look at mm. how many people are able to challenge authority or, or look at, in fact, speak out on what's happening. Look at all of those things. So, and I've not talked about the heating yet, the beating, the flogging outside of things that happen. Oh, wow. That's another part. <laughs> or or the, the very, 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 very um, extreme punishments that mm. people experience. Very or extreme. Pumping. Yes. Talking of head. You should never yes. talk about head. Yes, it, never. Never, 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 never. It could create very benign brain damage without even realizing it. The mm. mm. is sacred. Don't touch it. Mm. If you just cannot control yourself and you must flog, why don't you flog the child on the, on the farm? Mm. If, if that must be what you must do, what, what, what's the head got to do with it? Mm. And when all these things are happening, no one is thinking about the potential effects on the child. And I'm really avoiding trying to sound very technical here because I can tell you some of the things that go on in the brain. I know. So this is the trauma story mm. of Nigeria. The environment itself just creates that trauma. Just okay, creates of, the trauma. Let's shift all I've said to one side. Let's talk about some, the other broader things that go on in Nigeria. Mm. Security, right? Every Everyone is concerned about security. Even before... Uh, banditry and things like that. We've always yes. had robbery. We've always had the case of even when we're growing up, Uncle yeah. Ben. You know, we all we all had the security issues. But you get, but you get, you know, you exactly. Have We've always had it. We've always had it. What does that? We've do always to... had kidnapping and all of this. What does that do to a child growing up, where all they hear about is everywhere is not safe. Everywhere mm. is not safe. Everywhere mm. is not safe. Mm. What does that do to the brain? It creates trauma. Mm. And it means that the trauma is so prevalent that people don't even, you can't notice it. It's normal. You can't. Fish it becomes a norm. Yes. Yes. Only when you take a fish out of water that you realize it is not in, you know, something yes. like that. Yes. 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 Okay. 
Many Nigerians travel abroad. That's when they notice how noisy Nigeria is. Yes. The person that hits people when they travel is, oh, cars are not blaring their horns. Yes. Something interesting, really. And it's not like people aren't driving. People are also driving yeah. normally and all of that. You know, until you take yourself away from, you know, the country where you are or the environment where you are, let me not use country as a whole, you get to a different kind of environment, begin to realize that these things are not normal. Yeah. You've called them normal because over the years, you don't know any other way. This is mm. the way that you know. You know, that takes me to the next question, Uncle Ben. Um, talking about hitting a child, yelling at a child, is it, a controversial topic in Nigeria. I still do not understand why it's so controversial. I still, I, I, I understand that because of the kind of religion, right? We have religion, you know, a bit laced in it, where people tell you that, oh, um, the Bible says that you must beat a child for the child to be useful and all of that. I wasn't beaten as a child, so I don't even understand what that means. And I usually will ask the question, does it mean that I'm, I'm useless? Of course I'm not. <laughs> of course I'm not, you know? And I have four other siblings who are not either. So, so many of the times I'm looking at, you know, the whole of this system and parents say, it's not possible to raise a child without hitting them, without beating them, and without yelling at them. I have done this for years, but maybe it's just me. Some people will say, it's oh, just you. Coach, don't worry, it's just you, just about you. I just want to ask you, is it possible? Is it something you've practiced? Is it something you've seen people practice? What is the possibility? So this isn't me now. This is now our guest. Tell us what the, the possibility is, sir. How does this work? Is it possible you know? to raise a child without hitting a child? 100%. Is it easy? Yes and no. Yes, depending on where you're coming from. No, yes. Where you're coming from. So if you, mm. if you have to change your behavior, I was beaten as a child. Proper beating. Mm. It created a trauma in me that affected a lot of things in my life. Mm. And that's how I ended up doing the work I do because. Mm. When I was going to resolve other things, I didn't know what the real problem was. Mm. And when we got to, the, to heal the real trauma that happened, every other thing resolved itself. And then I thought, oh. And you know, that was when I really started. I thought, okay, I want to understand more what's going on here. Mm. And then I left my performance coaching aspect of work and went into transformational coaching. And then a lot mm. of other things happened uh, as, as part of that. So yes, it is possible to raise a child without hitting a child. Think about it. If hitting a child was a solution to correcting someone, teaching someone, why don't we hit adults? Mm. I always say that we hit children because we can. Yes. That's why when the child grows to a, a, position, a point where you know that this child can hit back if they want to, Parents stop hitting the children. Mm. Now, I also say I'd never judge people that hit their kids because there's something I understand. I understand that you cannot give what you don't have. People are absolutely a level of awareness. Absolutely. And from what we've been discussing already, children learn so much from what's happening around them. So mm. many people are just projecting what they've learned. And you see that thing about the Bible says. That's just a rationalization of something else that's going on very deeply unconscious. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, so uh, it's a little bit like someone coming to me to say, oh, uh, the reason I need therapy is because I can't sleep. I've got insomnia. I just can't sleep. In my mind, immediately I go, well, we need to find out the real problem because mm. it's only a solution that your unconscious mind is presenting to another problem. Mm. So uh, a case study is someone that got uh, sexually abused by their, their own partner while this person was sleeping. And then uh, in, in, this person was beating themselves up. And go, if I wasn't sleeping so deeply, I could have stopped this. Oh, wow. And the person of mine goes, I can help with that. No more shall you sleep. And so this person lost sleep. Mm. I thought that the problem was sleep. Sleep. And this was after months. When mm. we went in, we got to the root of the problem. We fixed the shame that they were feeling, fixed everything there, and sleep returned normally. So mm. when people are quoting Bible, it's only the rational explanation to something they can't explain. Mm. What is going on inside instead? They've been taught through modeling by their parents that the only solution, the only way to get someone to do something is to force them to do it if you can. Mm. And mm. to, to do stuff is by hitting the child. So mm. others are doing it 
as an unconscious form of revenge because we parent with our inner child really. And until you make peace with your inner child, you're going to come from there. Haven't you heard parents who compare themselves with their kids and say things like, when I was your age, I didn't get this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and that happened just, just goes off the tongue. And this is because it's coming from somewhere else. Or the secondary school situation, you know, SS senior students get, getting uh, unkind to junior students and saying it was done to them. Yes. Okay. So that it was done to us mindset. Happens in parenting. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, that's the other thing going on there. And the other, th the other third one is lack of options because no one has taught them how to manage their emotions. How we to do any that, emotions. That's all they know. Yeah, energy, emotion, right? The thoughts, the belief system is driving some feelings that are creating actions and an experience. Mm. So their program hasn't got anything in it that says there are alternatives. Mm. So anything else that, say, that says before you blame the child, look at things differently there's no mm. something that's not their experience these same uh, parents these same adults ask them as children there were times they were so angry at their parents because they were punished for something they were innocent of mm. and at the time they wanted to explain they, they, it was meant to shut up mm. they learned that they replicate that without realizing why yeah the fourth one is a very key issue here that many don't think about. And I'm talking particularly of Nigerian context. Nigeria, apart from the effect of the war that then left very traumatized people to raise kids and so on, mm -hmm. or to survive mode, put that to one side. The country has been um, run by military dictatorship for a long time. Yes. And the yep. of military stuff means brutality, aggression, force. Mm. and it, it goes from top down mm. in countries even pastors speak the same way mm. I will curse you in my anger the anger of the man of God no so the whole idea of aggression is modeled all around mm. in parenting in schools in everywhere in government okay everywhere. and then even with our Current democratic government is still very military. There's oh, yes. Speech, oh, there's yes. Nothing, a military man can harass you on the road and get away with it. Uh, you know, you know, Uncle Ben, as he was speaking, I was just thinking about it. You know, it means that until we learn how to manage our emotions, until we learn what the, the connection with emotions and parenting, what, what they are, then we're not going to make progress. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's come back to that point, actually. Uh, yeah. I a little bit. Yes. So, as a parent, the main thing that I think the, a parent owes a ch their children two things. The only two things you owe your children is one, to be a happy person on your own. Mm. But if you're a happy person, you will look for happy moments. You will create happy moments. And mm -hmm. a happy child is an intelligent child. It's a mm -hmm. child growing properly and so mm -hmm. on. Right? Mm -hmm. The second thing you owe your children is to teach them how to manage their own emotions. Yes, key. And if you don't, you can't teach a child how to manage their own emotions if you don't know how to manage your own emotion. Mm. And so you're going to go and get that. Reparent yourself first. Mm. So you can parent properly. Reparent yourself. Really very profound. And if we must reparent ourselves, it means that we must learn, relearn and unlearn, like you said yeah. earlier. You know, talking about reparenting ourselves. Uncle Ben, I want, I want you to talk about the beat, the upcoming Master Your Emotions Challenge that you're going to be um, part of. I want you to say a bit about it. What, what, yeah. what, would, what would it be about? What will you be teaching parents, you know, at that Master Your Emotions Challenge? And, um, you know, what, what will be different after someone yeah. attends that Master Your Emotions Challenge? So at the last conference, I spoke about did we really turn out right? And um, mm. at the of my uh, speech, many people contacted me with all sorts of questions, and I saw a pattern. And the pattern, of course, I'm a very busy person. And if you say, okay, I'll take someone uh, on my program or anything, there's a quite a long waiting list. So this challenge is born out of let's how can we help a lot of people at the same time and quickly too. And the pattern I saw all pointed towards that emotion i talked about teaching kids how to manage their emotions but it was clear that these parents don't know how to manage their own emotions mm, mm. so aim of this challenge at the end of this challenge um as a parent 
who is fully committed to doing what it's about will end this thing, become more aware of their, themselves emotionally mm. and have some tools to help them begin to manage those emotions. Well, at least mm. start to recognize them in, in different um, environment, uh, contexts. The good thing is that no matter where you are on your journey of parenting or your journey of life, you are still swimming in emotions. And through the challenge, there's something for everyone to help you be a more effective person, a more mm. effective parent. And of course, spread that. You know, you throw a pebble in the, in the pond, it, it's, it ripples. And yeah. when, when you walk on some core things, you feel the ripple effect on other things. Mm -hmm. I will ask anyone listening who is interested in taking up these challenges. What would you like, like life to be like for you when you realize that actually your choices can be more clearer to you and more effective for, for you through managing mm. your emotions? Mm. What life will look like when you know that you're able to make better decisions? Different oh. decisions. Those ones that you kick yourself at night going, oh, I wish I had done this. Oh, what? Mm. You know, mm. It comes to you naturally. So that's what this is about. This uh, challenge is going to be bringing when this world of expertise in parenting and my expertise in dealing with emotional issues and working with people who mm. have been damaged through parenting uh, will bring that together uh, in a massive thing that will help you to function more effectively as a person and as a parent. And of course, you would always get the opportunity to go even deeper, to learn more, because this challenge is only going to scratch the surface, right? And uh, give you an idea of what you can give yourself permission to do. Any investment you make into your own mental health is a huge investment because we know mm. from the work I do that the mind and the body are connected. If mm. I said, think of something that makes you really sad, only a matter of time you will feel it in your body mm. and so on, right? So we now know through science and research, medical science, that like 7% of health problems, especially the autoimmune problems, actually arise from a change in configuration of the state of mind, traumas mm. and things, is when we get people get older, they become illnesses. Mm. Because the brain wants to keep the body in a state of ease where things are flowing. Mm. And if there's any psychological, emotional damage, trauma and things that's unresolved, it will disrupt that ease and create a dis Ease, also known mm -hmm. as ease. And that disease uh, then takes its time to manifest. So any investment you make into understanding better how to manage your emotions, work mm. with your psychological state, be a better person, would be you saving lots and lots and lots of money yes. and peace of mind in the long run. Eventually. Thank you so much, Omsko Ben. Guys, you heard it. You know, um, when I told you at the beginning of this podcast that you were going to have it, you know, back to back, you felt like you, you are in a masterclass, yeah? Yes, 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 yes. So imagine what's going to happen when you come for the challenge. Be at the challenge, Uncle Ben. In fact, Uncle Ben actually was, you know, really disturbed about some of the things that came to him after the conference, at the TIP conference. And, you know, he, 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 was, he was, you know, very... Um, consigned and said that there's something we can do more to be able to help people, many more people are beginning to understand who they are. And that's what Master Your Emotions Challenge is about. And, you know, every parent who wishes to, you know, control their emotions, who wishes to actually begin to look at other disciplinary strategies, then this challenge is for you. In fact, Uncle Ben, I usually say that Emotions control is a bedrock of every parenting. In oh. fact, if do not, if you can't control your emotions, you're you're dead on arrival when it comes to parenting anybody, because that's the bedrock. That's the first thing that you must look at. All right. So, but before you go, Uncle Ben, I'm going to ask you some flash questions, and you're going to answer just one at a time. So, okay. answer in two seconds. Rice or swallow? Rice. Casual or corporate? Casual. Netflix or sleep? Sleep. I could have answered that one for you. Music or movies? Music. <laughs> E-books or audiobooks? Audiobooks. Your favorite location, vacation location? My bed. <laughs> oh, interesting. Introvert or extrovert? 
Interesting. Um, introvert, <laughs> everybody, yes. <laughs> so what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Yes. Meditate. <laughs> what else, Uncle Ben? A lot, either I'm cooking or I'm playing music or I'm having a walk or I'm meditating or, yeah. Mm. I, I've come to a point in life where everything is fun. Mm. Yeah. And you're able to just create fun around it. I look forward to that cooking part. Of course, you know that your sister do not like to cook. So yes, <laughs> I look forward to being in that space where you will cook churn out the food and I'm going to eat it. Surely, Thank I, have you. To, I have a different answer to that question. Mm. Talking about what, what really makes me happy, my best moments is when I'm playing with my kids, actually. Oh, nice. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And thank you so much, Uncle Ben, for coming on the podcast to come <laughs> and share with us um, with your wealth of knowledge. Uncle Ben <laughs> is amazing, amazing. Uncle Ben is a huge um, a huge pillar, support, brother, friend for the TIP Academy. In fact, he's always there. I will just turn and I'll say, Uncle Ben, where are you? And he just turns and <laughs> say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Uh, we do not take it for granted, sir. We are grateful for having you at every point in time. You know, you know, you know where they say all the support, you just look back and you just say, you know, this person, they got me. I don't have a problem. I know I can just, I can just depend. Thank you so much for being a dependable figure for the Intentional Parents Academy. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast today. Guys, for the records, I only told Uncle Ben today about the podcast and hey, he's here, you know, with all his busy schedule and everything. Share this podcast, talk about it to someone somewhere near you and um, spread the message because we are bringing you a different aspect of, you know, parenting differently and being able to actually master you before you begin to parent in the world. See you again in another fortnight and have a good day. Thank you. You can stop recording. Thank you for listening to Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe podcast today, where we share real conversations of diverse relationships and why they are important to human beings. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to more, please subscribe to the Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe on your preferred podcast player. Share this with others, your friends and family. Post about us on social media. Leave us a rating or a review. To keep up with our conversations online, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, podcast by Wendy Ologi, or follow my personal page at Wendy Ologi, both on Facebook and also on Instagram. You can also catch my videos on YouTube, Wendy Ologi. You can also follow us on our Parenting Academy, where I share about parenting relationships, the intentional parent. You want to learn more about us? You can simply search us out on www.wendyologe.com or you can email us podcastbywendyologe at gmail.com Thank you again and catch you next time.